Newcastle United provide the neutral with something of a moral maze. It's fine to be pleased for a fan base that had to sit through the deliberate inertia of the Mike Ashley era, but it's also okay to question the motives of the club's new Saudi owners, because let's be honest, the PIF is effectively the Saudi state, something they've even alluded to in a recent legal battle. It's okay to like Eddie Howe and his plucky band of overachievers, It's also fine to wonder what's to become of an important community hub. But away from all that, it's also worth wondering, will the Magpies cling on in the race for the Champions League? I'm Kevin Hatchard and this is Football Only Better. No moral maze when it comes to assembling our top tipping team. Mark O'Hare has left the bet cave for a bit to talk to us, having doubtless had many screens switched on for all of the European action over the last few weeks. Mark, Newcastle have struggled in front of goal for most of the season. I do wonder if that's catching up with them now. Yeah, I think it, it possibly is, really. Um, we've covered them a lot recently. Uh, it's been well documented, they're downturning goals outputs but um, it should be said that the chance creation numbers have remained relatively high they've just not been clinical enough in the final third and we've seen evidence that in the last couple of weeks really in, in the cup final I thought they were very competitive and very decent against United but came up short with two uh, poor goals to concede and, and as well against Manchester City last weekend uh, 1-0 down they were arguably the better team for, for large swathes of that game and then concede a second goal and, and it's game over really so plenty of promise but not much penetration uh, not much output at the minute and you know it's interesting to see if we'll get to see uh, Alexander Isak from the off uh, this weekend he's been kind of chomping at the bit probably not used enough by Eddie Howe just yet since his big money move uh, very he's been a bit hard striker. done to hasn't he really if you're looking at Callum Wilson who I like a lot but if you're looking at him like missing chances left right and centre you must think well how come I'm not starting yeah absolutely Wilson provides he's one of those strikers that does a lot more than just score goals but ultimately if opportunities are coming his way and he's not taking them and he's not taking them he's been in poor goal scoring form now since October time um, he's liable to, to dropping them points and I think a change is, is necessary and I'm eager to see if how makes that decision this weekend um, but ultimately, though, they've remained a relatively strong defensive unit, particularly at St. James's Park. And, um, yeah, I think this game this weekend has got all the hallmarks of being quite a tight and cagey game when they take on Wolves. Um, we talked on the Saturday show about the drop-off in goals in the Premier League in 2023, the possible reasons for it. But uh, in terms of just raw numbers, over two and a half goals is now trading, is now just operating at a 50% success rate in the Premier League, which is pretty low uh, by Premier League standards. And I think if you asked, you know, 10, a dozen, 100 Premier League fans to look at the weekend coupon and say which game is going to go unders. Um, I reckon a lot of people will nominate Newcastle against Wolves. Um, yet under two and a half goals here is trading at 1.8, which I think is a big price. Um, That's pretty chunky, actually, isn't it, really? Yes. Uh, Everton-Brentford is, is 168. Leicester v Chelsea is 186. West Ham v Villa, 184. But this match actually pits together two of the bottom four teams for goals per game average in the Premier League. Newcastle's matches averaging just 2.17 goals, Wolves 2.08. 67% of Newcastle games have gone under. Uh, The same can be said of 62% of Wolves games, yet the market is saying we've got just a 55% chance of this match featuring fewer than three goals. 
at St. James's Park, 75% games have gone under. They've kept seven clean sheets in 12. They've only scored three goals or more on three occasions. Uh, and across all venues, nine of the last 10 have gone under with an average goals per game output in those 10 games of 1.11. Um, wow. <laughs> and then you've got Wolves, who I think absolutely are a more interesting outfit under Julian Lopetegui. Um, but there are still similarities. You know, they're a well-drilled, dogged team set up to be competitive, not give much away, and a forward line you can't really trust. No Wolves striker has scored a goal in the Premier League for over a year. They are piling on the pressure on the rest of the team. Sorry, run there. that by me again. <laughs> no actual Wolves centre forward has scored a, a Premier League goal for for over a year now. That's um, instant relegation, that should be. <laughs> it's pretty horrendous, isn't it? Um, Adama Traore getting a goal last weekend, but he's, he's not a, a centre forward. So, um, yeah, last week they didn't even have a shot in the first half against Spurs. Um, they did switch system at half-time, return to a three at the back and things improved immeasurably. Um, you assume they'll kind of follow a similar plan here, but um, yeah, I think they're lively underdogs at St. James's Park. Um, but uh, yeah, that was the seventh game in 11 now under Lopetegui, not to feature three or more goals. Uh, just four games have featured both teams scoring, and those 11 games have featured uh, two goals per game on average. So, you know, it all kind of comes together to suggest that 1.8 on under two and a half goals is, is a big price. Trader and tipster par excellence, Emmett O'Keefe is here. Emmett, I know you haven't got a particular view on Newcastle Wolves per se, but what's your take on Newcastle's top four hopes? Because you've suddenly got, I mean, who knows what Tottenham are going to produce in the next few weeks or which manager they'll have. But Liverpool certainly seem to be on the charge at the moment. So it's not looking as rosy as it did maybe a few weeks ago. Absolutely, yeah. Just to kind of put the kind of bare numbers on, on what kind of Marco Hare was saying. Yeah, just pre, pre-Christmas, Newcastle ravaging kind of nearly nearly two nearly two goals a game. They were kind of the third best kind of attack in the Premier League until Christmas. Post-Christmas in, in nine games, they've only scored six goals, like so 0. 0.66, 0. 0.66 goals per game. That's that's obviously relegation form. And in, in, ter- in terms of goal output, um, would echo everything you guys said about kind of um, Isaac, Isaac coming in for Callum Wilson. I think how he's kind of persisted with Wilson a bit too long. I think he's cl- clearly short of confidence in the holding the League Cup final. He was really awful, to be honest, and, and, and kind of contributed heavily to them, to Newcastle's demise. It did strike me again in the League Cup final that are there kind of are the are the players in Newcastle's attack good enough? Like the like in terms of their summer spending, like I'm I'm not sure. We've seen kind of Miguel Almiron's output drop and, and it kind of you kind of you wonder yeah, you wonder it could go forward. What can we expect from Miguel Almiron? I'd say Maxman again often flatters to deceive. Like so I I'm kind of they they do look a little short of the really if you say compare Newcastle's play, if you compare Newcastle's players in the wide positions to Mo Salah and Darwin Nunez, there's a clear gap there. So that, but this is the Mark Hughes at Manchester City era, right? It is. When it they're is, just it is. starting to bring in those pieces, but the quality's not title-winning quality. That's it. It's it's more of a it's more of a, a sedate version of Martin Marquez, no kind of Robinho and Ilano no. par, go, 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 going out partying in Manchester every week. Yeah. Um, but but it's I agree with you. But I think just the interesting thing from Newcastle's point of view, I kind of mentioned this maybe about a month or so ago. The problem is Newcastle kind of set expectations too high. I think just in terms of how they started the season, I feel like, um, and given the talent at their disposal, even if Newcastle finished sixth this season, that's actually a very good season, and they probably have outperform their talent a bit but I, I, I'm just kind of interested to see how the how patient Newcastle's ownership 
will be and and will they view that as a disappointment? I'm not saying Eddie Howe will be under pressure or be sacked this summer, but just I think if the, if it kind of if they end up finishing sixth, it, it will feel like more of a dis- disappointment than it should be. Because I think this Newcastle squad are certainly lacking, especially in the attacking positions. Just worth mentioning as well that I think that Joe Linton's starting a suspension for ten yellow cards, well for a couple of games. I think he's a big miss. He's clearly ten yellow cards. Crazy stuff. Him and him and <laughs> him and him and him and Yao Palini about racked up ten already, which is which is really impressive going. So I think. Uh, yeah, Joe Linton, definitely a big miss for Newcastle. I have really enjoyed Joe Linton's kind of a conversion into a midfield destroyer because he's a big boy and, and he just kind of bashes around like a pinball. I very much enjoy that. Uh, we're making a few changes, by the way, to our great daily offers here at Betfair. You now have to opt into promotions to enjoy the rewards available on the Sportsbook and Exchange. You can opt in quickly and easily by clicking a promotional banner or going straight to the promotions page and clicking opt in. There's a step-by-step guide on betting.betfair.com. Arsenal continue their title push by making the short trip to West London to face Fulham. Emmett, this is a tricky one for Arsenal because Fulham, I I know their form can be a bit patchy and they've massively overachieved, no question about that. But if Fulham click, it's quite an awkward game. I agree. Yeah, I I just think think Arsenal are far too short here. The caveats are part part what what's going to factor into that price is as I mentioned yeah Paulinho I think more than Mitrovic I think he's actually their best player I think he's an outstanding oh, footballer yeah, uh, a, a guy a guy who wouldn't look at it would <coughs> who wouldn't look at a place playing the top four uh, and could have as 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 his kind of tackles and kind of interception stats would show where he's kind of where he's he's top in that metric um but Newcastle here are in the same price um as they were when they played Leicester without James Madison a couple of weeks ago in the Premier League that just seems wrong I think like I, even even if Fulham the Fulham have definitely are perform are kind of a bit of a false position in the kind of the upper the Premier League's upper mid table their underlying numbers would suggest they're more of a kind of a lower mid table side but I still, I, 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 I still think, I still think Fulham are, are, are a lot better than kind of Leicester without James Madison, Leicester without James Madison, or kind of a relegation level side. Uh, and Arsenal, part maybe again, part, part of the reason Arsenal are so short is that kind of Gabriel Jesus is, is kind of back in training. But will will Jesus be starting here? I'm not sure. Will he be back to full fitness again? I'm not sure. So I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't kind of necessarily read too much into that. Um, and also as well, we could have done, we're recording this on th- on Thursday, so we don't know whether what team Mikel Arteta will pick in the Europa League. But I I think at worst he'll pick kind of a half strength team with he might rest kind of Saka, um, Odegaard, and a couple other players. But I think he will play quite a few of the first team players. And you still, you still have you still have the travel on a Thursday night back for a Sunday afternoon game, which is, is clearly a disadvantage for a Fulham team who who, who have the rest advantage. So. I, th- I just think Arsenal are really, really short, and just also, it's not not something I'd be panicking about. But just we have seen a decline in Arsenal's defensive numbers up to Christmas in 14 matches. They had the joint best defence the league with 11 goals conceded, 0.78 goals conceded per game, and the best G- xG against in the league since Christmas. They've conceded 14 goals in 12 matches, only 1.16 per game. It's still a decline, and even with Thomas Partey playing last week, it was alarming to see how many chances they conceded to Bournemouth and conceded a couple of goals at home, which is not really what you want. And so I, I think Fulham could definitely. Cause them problems here. Um, if you're going to play it safe, I'd say Fulham uh, kind of plus one on the Asian handicap in the exchange is around one one eighty five. So that means if if Fulham lose the game by one goal, you you can get your money back. But I wouldn't put anyone off backing kind of Fulham double chance or or, or drawn a bet at bigger prices. 
Let's head to France because Mark wants to talk about Angers, who I think have had some upheaval. They've been dreadful all season, Mark. Yeah, they're rubbish. Um, <laughs> they're, they're going down. Um, we opposed them last weekend, back in Montpellier to beat them. Um, they scored within the first two minutes and were out of sight by half time and ran out five no winners. Uh, Angers reduced to 10 men in that match as well. Uh, they're bottom of the table, now 12 points away from safety, have lost 20 of their 26 league games this season and their second manager of the year um, was removed from post in midweek, um, partly down to results, suggestion that he wanted out as well, but also partly down to some very um, disgusting comments he made in the in the, uh, in the the changing rooms before the game last weekend about uh, um, a sexual misconduct case in, in French uh, by, by one of his players. Um, yeah, just pretty unsavoury stuff, so no need to dwell on that. But anyway, they're in a bit of a... Bit of a pickle at the minute. Their, their record since September's international break, as we mentioned last week, 18 games now. They've picked up two points in those 18 games. 16 defeats. Uh, just utterly abysmal. An absolute embarrassment. Um, they've lost 10 of their 13 home games. They've lost eight of the last nine at home uh, without winning. Since September, they've conceded two or more goals in eight of those nine games. Uh, against the top 12, they've returned seven defeats from seven at home and conceded two goals or more on every occasion. Um just easily opposed again this weekend. We can back Toulouse away at Angers with a minus quarter goal start on the Asian handicap at 1.83, which basically means if the game ends in a draw, we only lose half of our stake, half of it is returned. But if Toulouse win, we get paid out at 1.83. Um, Toulouse were promoted last season, have been a lot of fun on their return to Ligue 1. They're 10 points clear of the drop. They're playing with freedom. They're in a French Cup semi-final. Um, Philippe Montagnier, the former Manchester uh, Nottingham Forest head coach, um, is there. They're playing really good, entertaining football. They've got this wonderful squad of kind of homegrown players and all, as well as kind of rough gems they've picked up from all around Europe, really. Um, just going great guns. They've lost three games on the spin, but two of which were against Rams and Marseille, which is understandable. The other came last weekend when actually they're probably suffering a bit of a hangover from their cup exploits as well. They've tended to be very, very strong against the lesser lights. They've won seven of 10 against teams below them. They've won all five against teams in the bottom four, and they've won all three trips to the bottom five, scoring loads of goals in those games as well. Uh, if they score in this match, they really should be winning the game too. So uh, just just about them with a quarter start on the Asian handicap. Um, and then, if I may, there's uh, Lorient against Troyes. Um, Ligue 1 remains one of the highest scoring leagues in Europe, but um, below the, the Bundesliga. 2.84 goals per game in the division. So quite a surprise we're getting around 1.8 on over two and a half goals when Lorient play Toulouse, uh, play Troyes, I should say, because uh, these two teams are very much above average in terms of goals trends. Uh, Lorient lost a few key players in January but replaced them pretty well. They have failed to score in four or five but if you look at the underlying data they're creating opportunities, getting into good moments and, and opportunities to score goals. But they're also playing a Troyes team who are in complete free fall and cannot defend at all. Uh, they've lost seven of nine winless games since the start of January. They've won once since September's international break. They brought in Patrick Giesnorbo to try and turn things around. Things have only gotten worse. Um, they burgled a two-all against Monaco last weekend, um, but ultimately they've kept one clean sheet all season and averaged 2.19 goals per game against home or away. Um, but the interesting thing about Troyes is they do present a threat in the final third. They've scored in 20 of 26 league games despite sitting second bottom. And in fact, no team in the division has seen BTTS or over two and a half goals land more often than Troyes. 77% have seen BTTS, which is quite a, a hit rate. But you look at their away games, just wild, wild stuff. 4.54 goals per game across 13 games. Wow. 12 have gone over two and a half. 11 have seen BTTS. 
eight of their 13 away games have gone over four and a half. Um, I'll just read that. So some mad now. pub teams results. Yeah. yeah, well, listen to the results. 4-3-2-4-1-0-5-1-3-2-4-0-4-1-1-3-4-1-3-2-2-1-2-3-2-1. Just carnage, really. Um, and if you look at Lorient and uh, Toise's record, their home and away games respectively together, 21 of 26 have gone over two and a half goals. So to get to 1.8 on over two and a half goals in this match feels like a bit of a steal. Yeah, sounds tremendous. Uh, this football season, get a helping hand with Betfair's popular bet builder. Easily add our most popular or fan favourite football selections to your bet slip in just one tap. T's and C's in the description. 18 plus. See gambleaware.org. To the championship. And Emmett, you want to talk about Norwich against Sunderland. Yeah, it's it's kind of just interesting here to kind of um how, how much how much kind of a managerial change can kind of make a difference with um under Dean Dean despite Norwich Nor- Nor- kind of would have gone off as one of the one of the favourites of the championship this season. But they were really struggling on under Dean Smith. They they thirty six points in twenty six games, an average of one point three eight points per game. So that would kind of usually put you in kind of the championships the championships mid table. But since David Wagner has taken over, they've actually been one of the best teams in the championship. They've nine nineteen points in nine games, an average of two point one points per game, and are now kind of firmly in the championships top six and kind of and 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 and, and uh, and likely, likely will will end up there and probably and possibly go off favourites to be promoted. And and at the weekend they're facing a decent Sunderland team at home, but who are who are badly out of form. Sunderland have lost their last three matches to kind of middling opposition. They lost five one in their last game to Stoke. And given all of that, I'm happy to take Norwich at around one point nine the exchange. I thought they'd be probably one point eight or shorter. Uh, Schalke fans and fans of young boys of Bern utterly baffled by what David Wagner's doing at Norwich and thinking, why couldn't he do that at our clubs? Uh, in the Bundesliga, by the way, I'm going to put up Wolfsburg to score two goals or more against Union Berlin at 2.4. Wolfsburg have been scoring freely at home this season. And I'm pretty sure Union will be drained by their efforts against Union Saint-Gilois in the uh, Europa League on Thursday. Win, lose or draw. And it's worth bearing in mind, Wolfsburg have scored twice or more in 11 of their last 14 Bundesliga games. That's all we have time for on this edition of Football Only Better. Please do remember to gamble responsibly. Cheltenham Festival's coming up. We've got a big special ahead of that, which you can check out. Also, lots of written previews on our website, betting.betfair.com. We've got views uh, from some of the top people in the sport. From Emmett, from Mark and from me, it's goodbye for now. 